0: Welcome to the Renew the Arts podcast, where we discuss the role of art and creativity in the church and in the world. I'm your host, Justice Stout. Our mission at Renew the Arts is to liberate Christian creativity. In the last several years, we've given away more than $250,000 in sponsorship value for projects by Christians who are dedicated to their craft and to their faith. If you'd like to contribute to this sponsorship fund and podcast, Please join our patron community today at patreon.com slash renew the arts. In this episode, you'll hear my friend Cynthia Giles co-hosting. Cynthia is a spoken word artist, public speaker, master of ceremonies, and creative arts advocate. She studied counseling for two years and is a licensed minister and counselor. She's also the CEO and founder of Creative Activation, a nonprofit that hosts gatherings for creative artists of all art forms so they can grow an authentic, loving community and make a difference. To learn more about Cynthia, visit CynthiaInspirations.com, and Creative Activation can be found at CreativeActivation.org. In this episode, Cynthia introduces us to Lydia Jones, who is studying to be a physician with a specialization in psychiatry. Lydia is passionate about mental health and helping people heal from the past, live in the present, and pursue their God-given dreams for the future. I loved getting to talk with these women about the role of art and artists in times of crisis, how art can serve our mental health needs, and what artists can do to preserve their creativity in difficult times. This is Art and Mental Hygiene with Cynthia Giles and Lydia Jones. I'm here with Cynthia Giles and Lydia Jones, and I'm so excited to have a co-host on the Renew the Arts podcast that is new uh, to this podcast. And um, Cynthia and I met a while ago at one of our events in Atlanta, and we struck it off. Our hearts are so closely aligned concerning our vision for creativity within the church, and... Uh, And Cynthia, thank you so much for being willing to join forces and help out with this podcast.
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I know that our hearts are just the same for the arts and for creatives. And I know that when we collaborate, we're stronger together. So thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So Cynthia and I were talking um, a little bit ago, particularly during I guess when the COVID pandemic and lockdowns were really ramping up and we realized that something that is uh, really important to know is how to, how artists can continue to create during moments of crisis, but then also the role that art can have for everyone else in moments of crisis. And, um, that continues to be true for the COVID pandemic and for the lockdowns, though they're lifting. Um, but we have like another crisis right on the heels of that, uh, concerning, um, riots, protests, um, police brutality, all of that kind of stuff that needs to be sorted out and needs to be understood. Um, but it, it's a crisis of national proportions. And so figuring out how the arts play into that, um, is not just essential for understanding like a comprehensive view of the arts but it can be incredibly helpful like the arts are truly uniquely um, capable to bring meaning into moments of chaos and crisis and so anyway that's what Cynthia and I were talking about and Cynthia was like oh I know who we should talk to we should bring in Lydia Jones so um, I'm so excited to finally be able to sit down with Cynthia, Lydia digitally, of course, for now. Hopefully we can meet in person before too long. Um, but I'm so excited about this conversation. Cynthia, do you mind introducing Lydia?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, Lydia, I'm so happy you're here to join us in this conversation. I know your heart. I went to ministry school with you and you just have a pure heart for the Lord and also you have a heart for the artists and mental health issues. And so I'd love for you to just take a second and tell people more about yourself, who you are and why you're passionate about creative artists in this season.
2: Absolutely. Um, First of all, thank you guys so much for having me on this podcast. It's a privilege to get to uh, talk about things as important as these topics. Um, And Mm -hmm. really, ultimately, we're talking about people, which is the most important topic to be discussed. So thank you for having me on. Um, Mm. As both Justice and Cynthia said, my name is Lydia Jones, and I am a rising third year medical student at Morehouse School of Medicine. Um, I will be embarking upon clinical rotations come the end of July, so diving right back into the COVID-19 crisis and all of the adventures that it has brought us, Um, but my heart really is for mental health um, and mental health kind of issues both on a societal level and an individual level. Um, as Cynthia said, I completed a master's degree in pastoral counseling um, in 2018. Now, it's been a little bit, um, and my ultimate goal is is to function as a psychiatrist down the road. So um, for those of you who don't know, a psychiatrist, very similar to a psychologist, does a lot of therapy, um, but we also deal more with the medication management side of things and some uh, deeper seated issues as well. Um, but I say all that to say my heart, um, I live and breathe for mental health and helping people not only deal with the problems they have, but really um, kind of get on the front end of things and maintain health, not just address disease. Mm. Um, and as Cynthia said, I really love the intersection between mental health and the arts. Um, the arts have been such a pivotal part of my, my life, not in that I'm an artist, but most of my friends throughout my life have been artistic, creative people. I don't know why I am drawn to such people, why they're drawn to me, um, but it's always worked out that way. And I've kind of seen up close and personal, some of the struggles of my friends and, um, but also some of the strength that being a creative has provided to them through those periods of life. And um, I've just seen so much beauty come from the pain come from the struggles, Um, and I really want to be able to partner alongside creative people and help them see how their gifts are uniquely suited for times of crises, um, for even mental health problems. The arts really can be so therapeutic, Um, and at the end of the day, we need the arts. The arts are such a huge part of culture. Um, God loves the arts. He created them. They come from Him, not even from us. Um, So all of that to say, y'all are speaking to subjects that are very near and dear to my heart. So it's such an honor to be on with you guys.
0: Absolutely. So as someone who is pointing her whole life into this direction, what, um, there are obviously a lot of different fields of psychology and psychiatry. Um, The field that particularly Um, would involve the arts, perhaps, like, are you talking specifically about art therapy? Is that something that, you know, is a field that you plan to to be in?
2: Um, So my hope is to work a lot with adolescents and young adults. Um, And with that population, you really want to use a lot of different treatment modalities, be it music therapy, art therapy. Um, We even do theater now as a form of therapy. Um, And so really, I want to be able to be educated and adept at using all of them. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily brand myself as I'm going to be an art therapist. um, Mm. But I I want to use those
0: tools
2: um, as treatments. Um, And I'm passionate about helping people see that there's way more treatment options out there than what you think.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. So I know one of the questions that Cynthia and I are really eager to dive into, especially with your help, is this idea of, like, what is the intersection between pain and creativity? Like, how, you know, uh, what does that look like? How can it be helpful? And, uh, and what could it look like today, like, um, with people in, still in lockdown and with people dealing with uh, the intense issues around uh, race relationships in the United States? Um, what does that kind of intersection look like with creativity and is it really that important?
2: Yeah. So I think immediately what comes to mind is this picture of the tortured artist, right? All of us are familiar Mm -hmm. with that idea, um, that some of the most creative artistic people have also been some of those who have battled really deep, uh, mental health issues, or at least that's what we think, um, that's been what is presented to us. I think of people like Van Gogh and Sylvia Plath, um, Friedrich Nietzsche and and others who we know historically <laughs> had some some pretty dark stuff going on um, and unfortunately, that's become a stereotype that artists mm-hmm. a lot of times are emotionally unstable, um, and that lends itself to to mental health uh, instability as well. Um, Whereas the truth is we don't really have tons of data to support that. There's a lot of uh, controversial research that kind of says, you know, are we trying to prove something we already think is true or are we actually looking objectively? And I recently read a study that basically was communicating the prevalence of mental health is the same, whether you're a creative or a non-creative.
0: It just, My kind of left brain, right brain, there doesn't seem to yes. be like a strong... Correlation. So it actually, Mm. they
2: did a study looking at, they took 40 musicians and 40 writers and compared them to 40 control subjects who were not employed in an artistic endeavor as a form of career. Um, And the prevalence of things like depression, bipolar disorder, even substance abuse was the same in both groups. Um, Mm. The difference was it manifested differently in creatives. And a lot of times the bigger difference is we tend to be more aware of it in creative people. And a lot of it is because they channel it into their work.
0: Um, Right. They publicize it.
2: (laughs) Exactly. exactly. Whereas the rest of us, you know, we hide it away. We hide it away. Mm -hmm. We store it away. That's Um, true. And and to me, that highlights that exact intersection between pain and art. Mm. I think the artist, um, teaches us a beautiful lesson about how to process
0: um,
2: how to process pain by releasing it through something constructive.
0: Yeah. Our co-founder at Renew the Arts, Michael Minkoff, wrote a book um, called According to His Excellent Greatness, which is basically a guide for aesthetics for Christians. And one of the chapters, he traces back this mentality around the tortured artist to the 1800s whenever it was considered very popular for creatives to um, have the disease, oh, consumption, dying of consumption. There's this idea that um, as your body dwindles, then your like soul or your spirit or your creative side, this the, the the part of your humanity that is um, spiritual or creative, like the balance tips in that side, it's like cool. as you almost shed away. Your, uh, your physical existence, then your spiritual or creative existence is heightened. That's a really... Like, looking back on that with the separation of many years now, it's like, that's not good. That's not cool <laughs> to think of it in, that, in those terms. But we still have this weird platonic divide where we think that um, uh, being mentally unstable... Or even socially outcast, or, you know, these, these different areas of unhealth can lead to a more fruitful or vibrant creative existence. And it's casting a vision for being an artist that damages people. It's incredibly yes. harmful. Yes. Um, so definitely, like, if people haven't heard of this idea, or like, uh, we have Michael's book online for free. It's, uh, you know, in, A PDF version and an audio version, if y'all want to download that and listen to it, because that chapter is really great. But bringing it back to like a biblical understanding of what we're called to, first as humans, which includes artists, and realizing no one is called to to this amount of unhealth for for some sort of calling. You know, you wouldn't, you you don't assume that, uh, and and that's not a good thing to assume. Anyway, I'm sorry, you you lit me off. Like I so I'm so on board with what you're talking about. And I think it's awesome that you want to help.
2: Absolutely. And what came to mind when you were talking about that is so for instance, and this is why artists, you know, you want to be more healthy than unhealthy because your best work is going to come from your place of health. Don't buy into the lie. Exactly what you said, justice that, Oh, I do my best work when I'm super emotional or when I'm in the depths of despair, that is Mm -hmm. not true. Because think about crippling clinical depression
0: if mm-hmm. you can't
2: get out of bed for you know the first ten hours of your day, how are you going to get up and go grab your sketch pad and have the motivation um, mm-hmm. to go sketch something you see throughout your day? How are you going to have the motivation to sit at your keyboard and start working out a song? A lot of the number one symptom of depression for most people has to do with motivation, has to do with being able to create enough energy in yourself to pursue something. Mm. Um, And imagine if you are plagued with really crippling depression, most of your life, how productive as an artist are you going to be with that? And the point there is not to say, Oh, if you're battling with depression, you're going to fail as an artist, but it's an invitation to freedom saying you don't have to live this way. Don't buy into the stereotypes that say there's only one kind of artist. Um, In truth, what that study ultimately revealed is though prevalence of mental health is different between creatives and non-creatives, the creatives tended to score higher on healthy coping mechanisms, believe it or Mm. not. Um,
0: Mm.
2: And part of that is because they had found an outlet for their struggles and for their pain. Um, So there is a true intersection, but it's a decision. It is a a crossroads where a person is faced with the decision of I'm either going to assume this role that has been told to me that artists typically end up in, or I can use this um, as a place to explore what's really going on in my heart and my mind um, and see how God wants to redeem it through my art.
1: That's so powerful. Lydia, I have a quick question for you. Why do you think that lie is so prevalent in our culture and within the Christian community? Because I don't think it got there overnight, this lie that we have to embrace our darkness (laughs) in order to actually create. And that's the only way something can become productive. I believe that lie is really prevalent with the artists that I work with. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, why do you think that lie is so prevalent?
2: Yeah, so... Part of it, and this is why it's such a powerful lie, is there is a truth embedded in the lie. And the truth is you do have to face the darkness. Um, You do have to explore it a little bit and call it what it is. Um, If you are going to bring it into the light and beat it. um, So there is that. You do have to look it in the face, give it a name um, and seek help to overcome it. But the problem is most people see it and they get scared by it, and they're paralyzed, and they're left mm-hmm. staying right in the midst of, of that darkness, and it becomes a part of their identity. Um, they start to believe that that is who they really are, when really you're not the way you feel. <laughs> if you were, that means who you are is changing every five seconds based on you know every desire that crosses your brain. Um, so you know, I think the lie... I don't know exactly when it began, to be honest, but I do think part of it is we glorify and culture um, a lot of people who, yeah, who have just had mental breakdowns and produced great things. um, We have glorified them in a way. And part of that is because their stories are sensational. There Mm -hmm. is an element of intrigue when you go read about someone who cut their ear off, you know. Like there's a level to that that's like, hmm, that's a little insane. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so part of it is we have to stop, you know, really elevating disease and unhealth just because it's interesting and wow. fun to talk about. The news does that all the time. How often do you hear really encouraging, uplifting stories
0: on the oh. news? <laughs> Family of four has very nice day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right. And, and the truth is, because on average, most of our days are either just, you know, even keeled or pretty good. It's mm-hmm. the bad days that are actually more rare, if you think mm-hmm. about it statistically. But mm-hmm. because they are rare, that'll catch your attention more. That'll that sells more. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of the way our culture is. We really glorify darkness it's um there's an intrigue to it a mystery in it whereas as believers Mm -hmm. we are called to bring darkness into the light yes
0: um
2: and to really let light do its thing and Mm -hmm. set people free um so yeah i don't know if that answers your question it does it does
1: (laughs) that was perfect that was perfect i couldn't agree more with you um, and even your just, your perspective of it is just so true. And it breaks my heart sometimes because I, I meet so many artists who feel stuck and they think that their depression or their addiction is where they should remain. Yeah. And yes, you can actually create art from those places, but there's something beautiful about when you take a step back and you just allow yourself to be transparent with God. And God can reveal things to you from a healthy place. And I think that's why you're so valuable, Lydia, what you're doing, your passion for psychiatry, your passion for mental health, I think is so needed because you understand that intersection. You understand that intersection between creativity and pain. And I believe that as you counsel people, you'll help them heal in a way that can liberate them and give them freedom. So I'm 100% on board, girl, with what you're doing. So
2: (laughs) thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Sorry to interrupt, we're so thankful Cynthia Giles has been able to host this podcast with us. She'll be on a few more in the future. If you'd like to know more about the work that Cynthia does, please go to her websites at creativeactivation.org and cynthiasinspirations.com. Also, we want to thank you, our loyal listeners, for making this podcast possible. If you'd like to know how you can support this podcast, please go to patreon.org forward slash renew the arts and become a patron today. So Lydia, I'm interested in knowing what you think are some specific strategies that artists can use to like help maintain their mental health during crazy times like we're experiencing right now.
2: Sure, sure. Um, so I would say the number one thing every artist, every person in general needs to do in times like these is to find a buddy, to find someone who you can partner with, um, an accountability partner, a group, a small group, um, someone who's going to check in on you frequently and who you will be checking in on because it goes both ways. Um, One of the main strategies of both the enemy and ourselves at times, because sometimes we are our own worst enemy, is to isolate ourselves in times of pain Um, we kind of you fall down the black hole of self-pity of just emotion and if we're honest with ourselves sometimes we enjoy being in pain Um, Mm. I know that sounds counterintuitive but sometimes we enjoy being the victims in our story Um, Mm. and we need other people both their perspective and their help to get pulled out of those times um and so the number one thing I would suggest is if you don't have someone who's checking in on you weekly, reach out to someone. And that takes some courage. That's not easy to be like, you know, to send a text to your sister or your best friend and and to be real with them that I'm struggling and I need even if it's just, you know, you send me a brief message once a week. I just need to know that I have someone um to help me through this. Um, because you can't do it alone. You can't, um, if you try to stay by yourself, your head becomes a revolving door of the same thoughts, the same beliefs, the same fears over and over and over again. So the first thing I would say is find someone to partner with, um, both you to support them and them to support you. Um, The second thing I would say kind of going off of what we were talking about before is you have to be really honest with yourself um, about what is occurring on the inside of you. And that requires some work. That requires, um, again, some courage because most of us want to run from our places of weakness. Most of us want to run from sin. Um, We would much rather, you know, brush them over with bright colors and, And say everything is fine. Um, But you have to start being real with yourself. When you have dark thoughts, don't just let them flip by or even sit. Confront them right then and there. Give them a name. um, Write them down if that's helpful to you. It is for me to actually get things from out of my head onto paper. Somehow, when I see them on paper, it kind of uh, takes away their strength. It takes away, it helps me see. Okay, that's ridiculous, this thing that I'm believing right now. Like
0: mm.
2: it, it kind of de Yeah, it just takes um takes the legs out from some of the lies we start to believe that if you actually deconstruct them, they're not you can very clearly see what they are. Um so I would say you have to start being real with yourself, real with your problems. Um and then as Cynthia said, the next step is not to stay there. So then Usually, what that involves is sharing with someone, um, and again, courage seems to be an underlying theme with so many of of these struggles we face in times of crisis. Is you have to have a level of courage, both mm. to face what is occurring on the inside of you and to bring it to others and ask for help. Um, and, and the crazy thing is, when you take the leap of faith to be vulnerable, you not only are going to help yourself. You're going to help so many people around you because you invite them to be vulnerable. You invite them to talk about what's been going on um, in their inner, inner sanctum, if you will. And so many of us are waiting for someone to allow us to be real, to allow us to bring all of ourselves to the table, not just the good parts. Um, in my opinion, that's one of the biggest problems we face in, in Western culture is most of us are not real with ourselves and real with each other. We present a facade. Uh, we wear a mask that we believe will help us get to where we want to be. Um, and what you're left with is a shell of yourself. Um, so, yeah, those those three things come to mind. Uh, partner mm. with someone. Um, let them into your world. Confront what is going on on the inside of you. Really be honest with yourself first and process it. And then take that to that person um, and ask them for help. Ask them for help um, and seek professional help if you need it. That's, that's why, you know, professional counselors and, and psychologists and psychiatrists, we live to help others um, with problems as it relates to mental and behavioral health issues. Um, you don't have to fight this fight alone.
0: So, I love how that advice is pertained to artists and, well, all of us really, um, but, but especially artists right now and how to navigate these times and stay mentally healthy. I'm interested also in how the rest of us could use art to maintain mental health. Does that make sense? Like how can art right now bring, I don't know, a healthy outlook or, or bring, um, sense or meaning or life into into a difficult time a time of crisis like how do you think that that like in practical terms how does that work and and how does someone actually cultivate that well in their life
2: yeah yeah so i'm a big believer in encouraging everyone whether you are naturally you know an artist or not to invite some form of art into your life um and to Make it less about doing some immaculate work that's gonna, you know, that you're gonna post on Instagram or you're gonna get published, and see it as a form, an invitation to you um, to really unleash things within you that God is forming. Um, all creativity is is taking pieces that already exist and forming something new out of them. Mm. we don't create anything if we're honest god has he is the ultimate creator but he has enabled us with the unique skill of taking um you know seemingly disparate things and turning them into a mosaic you know turning Mm. them into something new and powerful and anyone is capable of doing that um so for instance maybe you know you don't have the gift of drawing or painting Mm-hmm. But why should that stop you from picking up a paintbrush and, you know, either learning or just taking some paint and going to work on a canvas? Um, mm. I think a lot of what holds people back as it relates to the arts and numerous other things in life is the fear of failure. Um, but you really need to evaluate, you know, is, is art only ever to be done when it's done extremely well at the highest quality if you talk to any artist, you know that half of their art <laughs> never sees the light of day.
0: Oh, right. Um, there's sketches, there's, sketches, yeah, yeah right. demos, yeah, right. all those. Mm-hmm.
2: Recordings of songs, you know, poetry, all of these things, most of the things you create will never be released to the public. And, and why the point there is, is you're not a producer. You're a person first. And That's art is so not just for the world. It's not just, you know, you're not just a, a producer for a consumer society. Art is just as much for you as it is for the people around you. Um, so I encourage everyone, you need to have a creative outlet in your life. If that mm. be through music, if it be through a podcast, you start, um, if it's part of being in a, you know, like maybe you go join an improv group that meets every Fridays and you've never acted a day in your life. You need a way to take these emotions raging on the inside of you um, and make sense of them. And art does that for us. It is a gift mm-hmm. that God has given us to be able to take something um, that's not tangible and pre- make it tangible, make it yeah. something you can see, hear, taste, smell, smell, There's something Mm. about getting it out of your head and getting it into the physical world around us that is powerful. Um, Mm -hmm. That to me is the act of creativity. It is taking something internal and making it at least partially external. Um, And that's where the arts come in and why they're so important. And where artists can play a unique role in this time is teaching the rest of us how to do that and do that well. When I look at, you know, when I read one of Cynthia's poems, I am immediately inspired. Like, wow, that is a beautiful piece of writing. And my initial thought is not, oh, let me go try to do it and outdo her. No, (laughs) it's like, wow, she said something that I didn't even know how to verbalize. Mm. Maybe I should try to do that when I'm feeling a bunch of things and I can't make sense of them. Maybe I should just start writing and see what happens, Um, artists tend to be a little bit bolder when it comes to stuff like that, because you guys have learned that you have to fail a few times in order to create something meaningful. That is a part of the creative process. And the rest of us out there are not used to that. We are used to producing and that being our identity. Um, So we need artists to teach us how to take you know, the sea of emotions within us and to not be so afraid of them. Wow. You know, I have a quick thought that I want to share. And thank you for the shout
1: out just then about the poetry. Uh, but uh, I had a quick thought because I see so much on social media and so much in the media. Everyone now feels the need to speak up and have a message. We see everyone putting their opinions online. We see everyone just shouting out their beliefs. We have the protests, the racial things happening. And when you were speaking, I thought a lot about messaging and how when Justice asked that question, what can artists do during this time? How can they navigate through crisis? I really believe one of the things you were just saying is that we can release these messages um, through art. And in that way, it doesn't come off as harsh, as brash, as, because so many people, when they share their opinions, they're really just trying to be argumentative. They're really just trying to pull from someone to get a reaction out of someone. A lot of the arguments we see online are people really just pulling from an area in people's heart just so that they can get a reaction, just so they can get likes or views. But what I hear, what you what you are saying, what I hear, is that artists have this unique power to deliver these messages in a way to where it's not intimidating, it's not fearful, it's just open and free. And I think that we kind of, in this season, have an opportunity to speak up in a way that's unique. Rather than just posting our opinion or doing something like that, I believe we can create artistic pieces, um, not from a place of production, like you were saying, but from a place of releasing it from our spirit, just the authenticity, and in that transparency, we can really release something that can bring hope to people and that can bring encouragement to people who are really struggling in crisis during this time. And so I really have seen so many people in quarantine in this um, unique situation that we're in. I see so many people relying on art, reading more, watching movies, doing these different things. And I really believe it's giving people the strength to keep going. So yeah, I just like what you said. And
2: that was the heart of what I heard. I could not agree more with what you said. Um, yeah, that, that is the gift of the artist is taking synthesizing everything we, you, know, you see around you and producing it in, in one work that kind of fully encapsulates what all of us are feeling and thinking and saying. You guys have a way of seeing the world and hearing the world and feeling the world um, that is unique. And you, you kind of provide a way for all of us to make sense of it. So we need you guys in this time more than ever before. Wow. That's one of the most
1: powerful things that you say is that artists are needed. And a lot of times we don't feel like we're needed. We don't feel like our art is valuable, even sometimes within the church. And so I think it's unique also that as we do operate in our gifts in this season, that we can actually show the need for art now. Um, more than ever, I think that we have a responsibility actually to use the gift things inside of us to equip the body of Christ. So I just love what you're saying, because I wonder, how do you think the church is now going to operate moving forward after the coronavirus, after everything happening? I believe there's so much transition in the world um, there's so much we have to do the six feet distance, you know, <laughs> you can't hug people. I'm like, I want to give somebody a hug. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't hug people. There's just like so much going on to where it's so kind of abnormal. And I have just a question moving forward with all the changes and what the world kind of looks like. How do you see everyone coping with that? How do you see um, artists playing a role in coping through that um, just with all the changes due to the coronavirus and due to uh, just the situation that we're in.
2: Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things we've all experienced during quarantine is, um, deprivation of connection with other people, be it physical touch, just physical presence, you know, yeah, we're connecting over zoom. We're connecting over FaceTime, over text, but all of us know at the end of the day that there's nothing like being in the presence of another, having that connection. Um, so as we move forward, you know, with the six feet distancing, and, and if we're real society has changed forever. Um, people are at least for the next few years, cause you know, humans do have short memories and we likely will forget what it was like during this time. But for the next few years, yeah. people are going to still keep their distance from each other. They are going to be more wary of being in large group settings. Um, and really, where art comes into play with that is creating connection you know if if a million people hear a song and have like it generates a similar emotion in them, it, it speaks to something we 're all feeling we 've all connected in a way and it 's not quite the same as being in person, but it in my mind it 's almost better than just you know text or at least we've we 've bridged a gap there there was kind of a a, universe, a universality to what we felt in that moment. Um, and that's kind of the closest thing we can get sometimes to being in the presence of another is to share emotions, to share deep, um, deep things like that. So I think the arts are going to become really important as we transition out of this in terms of reestablishing connections with each other. Um, I'm really hoping that the church after all of this, sees the need to give people space to grieve, space to really um, confront difficult emotions, and the arts oftentimes are a place where people can do that—either expressing it themselves or seeing it up on stage, hearing it. Um, so I, I'm really hoping that churches will embrace that. And after having seen, you know, the spike in and just things like depression and suicide because of quarantine. Um, that they will embrace all means and methods of really encouraging people to to express what's going on on the inside of them, and not just um, you know slapping on some Bible verses, you know, well, here or there to make things feel better. We really have to change the way we do things moving forward. This virus has exposed a lot both I think on an individual level and on a collective level, we have seen the weaknesses in ourselves and in our society. Um, And I think connection to me has been one of the biggest things I've seen is we kind of have lost that, the value for connection prior to this moment. And now our eyes are being opened to how much we actually need each other um, and desire to be with each other. And the arts go hand in hand with that because they always bring people together. Um, there's nothing like getting to be in a group staring at a beautiful painting and just talking about it for hours. Or even think about sitting in a movie theater with a whole group. And we've all been in those movies where, for whatever reason, everyone starts clapping at the end. Um, <laughs> but there's those moments of unity. Art creates unity. Um, and that's what we need moving forward after, after, you know, the COVID-19 crisis where we've all kind of been sheltering in place, doing our own thing. We need things to bring us back together. Um, Mm. and I think art can be a, a great tool for that.
0: Brilliant. I love it. I totally agree.
1: Isn't she great? Isn't she amazing? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. amazing amazing um, the uh, that is something that I'm so excited about doing And Renew the Arts coming out of these um, particular coming particularly coming out of like shelter in place starting to curate small intimate gatherings again around art creating shared experiences around art that speaks meaning and truth and hope into the things that we've all experienced lately. Figuring out how to do that well. Um, but yeah, it really excites me because I do believe that uh, art has that power and and I'm excited to, to try to do that and try to serve people with that moving forward. So it's encouraging to hear you cast a vision for it
2: happy to do it. I'm excited to see it as well
0: (laughs) and to hopefully be a part of it in some way. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and for inspiring us and for uh, being on the podcast. Um, I I'm eager to see how we can start to implement these ideas moving forward. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The world needs you guys. Thank you for being who you are. Um, thank you for being willing to share your gifts with the rest of us. It, it's, so, it's such a privilege to be surrounded by creative individuals. So thank you guys for having me on. Thank I'm you, so Lydia. We love you. I love you too, girl.